Welcome in to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Warkle, the Wisconsin football and men's basketball beat reporter for the Rivals.com network. We've got another full show for you today. Wisconsin football wrapped up its spring practices last weekend, last Friday, a closed practice. Badgers really went through a lot of injuries over the last couple of weeks of practice, so didn't get as much done as they probably wanted to, or at least Paul Chris hoped they would. But certainly a lot of standouts on both sides of the ball, and we're going to focus in on the linebackers today. Thanks, as always, for downloading and listening to the show wherever you are. Really appreciate you making us a part of your day. And we're going to look at two groups, the inside and outside linebackers that return all of their starters from last season's top five defense. And it's a pair of positions that have a lot of room to grow. On this podcast, we'll play an interview with senior inside linebacker Jack Sanborn, the team's leading tackler the last two seasons. He can be a first-team all-conference selection in 2021. I don't think there's any question about that. At the outside position, we'll talk with position coach Bobby April as he breaks down his group and gives some up-and-coming players uh, to watch for the fall. We'll get to those coming up here uh, in just a little bit. But good news to start with on today's show for the University of Wisconsin as three former players heard their names called during the final rounds of the NFL draft last Saturday. Defensive end Isaiah Laramuk, probably to the surprise of some, was the first former Badger off the board when the Pittsburgh Steelers took him in the fifth round. Quarterback Richard Wild Goose went to the Buffalo Bills in the sixth round, and offensive lineman Cole Van Lan went one pick later in that sixth round game picked by the hometown Green Bay Packers. Now, Larmuk was evidently coveted by the Steelers, who traded a fourth round pick to the Dolphins to move into position to draft the 6 7 defensive end. Steelers defensive line coach Carl Dunbar said Milk's versatility stood out, telling the team's website that, quote, he is a defensive lineman. When I say defensive lineman, he is going to play everything from a five technique to a zero nose. He fits the mold for what we want to do here in Pittsburgh. He is a strapping young man. To get a kid with this kind of size and height in the fifth round is a really great gift for the Steelers, end quote. Milk finished with 63 total tackles. 11.5 for loss, 7.5 sacks in 40 collegiate games. And remember, he came in to the University of Wisconsin as a eight-man football player. Took some time to adjust, really found his niche over the last couple of years, especially coming back from that injury that he went through in 2018. Uh, Milk, very talented upside player, probably surprised a lot of people by going in the fifth round. I think a lot of people pegged him going late in the draft or possibly not drafted at all. But the one player that we did expect to go at some point was Richard Wild Goose. I think you looked at the mock drafts. He was probably the player that was consistently picked. Uh, obviously, later, like many people thought, he, he would go, and that's where he did. He had to watch 30 other cornerbacks get drafted before he heard his name called by the Bills with the 29th pick in the sixth round. He opted out the last two games, and he told reporters in Buffalo that he can be a hybrid nickel and corner for the Bills, as well as contribute on special teams to find a spot on the roster and more importantly, he's 100% healthy from that broken scapula that cost him the remainder of last season. And now just a few moments after seeing a second teammate get drafted, Van Land was picked by the Packers with the 214th pick of the draft, the 30th pick of the sixth round. He is the first Green Bay native to be drafted by the Packers since former Wisconsin quarterback Bud Keys in the 10th round of the 1988 draft, although Keys never played a game for the Green and Gold. Bayland grew up 10 minutes from Lambeau Field. He said he thought he was getting a spam call from a 920 error code last Saturday. Instead, he got a huge thrill by talking to head coach Matt LaFleur and general manager Brian Gutekunz to be the third offensive lineman drafted by the Packers in the three-day draft last weekend. 
Now, speaking of reporters, Gutekunst uh, said the franchise was thrilled that Van Lan was available when they came on the clock. Uh, quote, obviously, there's not many times we're going to be able to select a player in the draft from Bayport High School, but couldn't have been happier to do so. You needed it to kind of fall the way it did. I think everyone was kind of excited when we started getting close to that pick that he was still alive on our board. And then as much as the guys making jokes about which bar he was at downtown watching the draft, obviously Wisconsin does such a good job with their football program overall, but specifically with their old linemen over the years. And he's been trained well, not only at Wisconsin, but at Bayport High School, that I think he'll be ready for the challenge that the National Football League and the Green Bay Packers will bring, end quote. And Van Lana is not going to be the only former Wisconsin Badger to play for the Packers next season. Uh, offensive lineman John Dietzen is joining uh, the Packers. He was signed as an undrafted free agent. He played high school football at Seymour, which is roughly 30 minutes from Green Bay. So two former Badgers are going to be in Packers training camp later this offseason. Uh, also, free agency uh, uh, safety Eric Burrell signed with New Orleans. Tailback Garrett Groshek is getting 65000 guaranteed from the Las Vegas Raiders. And fullback Mason Stocky is getting a $10,000 signing bonus and a 10000 base guarantee with Carolina pa Panthers. So, you know, pretty good. You know, 70% of Wisconsin's draft-eligible prospects either were drafted or have signed a free agent deal. The only real surprise so far is long snapper Adam Bay uh, still remains unsigned, at least at the time of I'm recording this podcast. I haven't seen anything on social media announcing uh, Adam Bay sign anywhere, but it feels like that's only a matter of time uh, for Wisconsin's highly productive long snapper that he'll get an opportunity somewhere professionally to continue his career. You're listening to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast as we transition to this week's spring position feature. Now, a little disappointing considering the Badgers canceled availability during the final week, especially on Friday, the final spring practice, meaning that the media only saw five of the 15 spring practices over the course of the last couple of months. But even with the few practices that we did see, it's obvious that the Badgers are stacked with potential at both outside and inside linebacker. Inside linebacker will likely be the strongest suit on the defense, maybe even the team, in large part because Jack Sanborn decided to return for another season and the emergence of Leo Chanel in the abbreviated 2020 season. Now, starting with Sanborn, arguably the best player on UW's defense, the senior led Wisconsin in tackles for the second straight season in 2020, and he also had one of four interceptions in the second half of UW's bull win over Lake Forest that really flipped momentum in the game. And Sanborn, probably his numbers were in part possible by the development of Chanel, who thrived in his first season as a starter. He finished second in the team in tackles with 46, 31 solos as well. Uh, Chanel tied for the team lead in tackles for loss with six. He delivered three sacks, a pick, seven quarterback hurries, and one forced fumble in seven starts. And, you know, through those open practices, uh, the portions of practice that we saw, inside linebackers coach Bob Bosa kept Chanel and Sanborn together. And the combination of those two starting for a second straight season gives Wisconsin stability, but it also means that they are going to be on the field a lot. You know, you look at the 2020 season, Sanborn had 413 snaps, Chanel had 409, and you add all that up, they were on the field 93.8% of the time. You know, that might be different this season with senior Mike Mascalunas deciding to return after injuries limited him to less than 45 snaps in five games last year. Having a healthy Mascalunas will certainly take some pressure off Chanel and Sanborn to play every snap. But there's also some younger players that really took a step forward during spring practice, too. You look at sophomore Mumon Jong Meta. Uh, who was in the same recruiting class as Chanel and likely could have contributed a year ago if it wasn't for really a string of b bad luck. You know, he started with an undiagnosed hernia 
uh, in the spring, and he really couldn't have it diagnosed because everyone was kind of shuttled off to their different parts of the country due to COVID. Uh, Jungma, he dealt with COVID before the season, and then he was held out of practice when tests uncovered a periocardial infusion in his heart. Uh, less than a year later, he was one of the early standouts in this past camp, and Jungma is perfectly healthy now after doctors kind of went through all the tests and the process with them, that it was just a natural effusion that Jung Meta has. Um, you know, Tatum Grass, a walk-on from Holman. He played mostly on special teams last season before cracking into the two deep later in the year. His production in camp is growing because of the increased level of physicality and confidence that he's playing with as he gets further removed from high school where he played outside linebacker, defensive end, and on offense. But of all the stars returning to Wisconsin's defense, Sanborn might be the heartbeat of that unit. And throughout spring, you noticed... Him exerting his leadership skills, he spent a lot of time on the practice field coaching the players behind him on the depth chart. It's a way to bring the group together, according to Bostad, and it's by one player not being coy with their individual successes. And it, it helps solidify the entire group's depth for the fall as well. Here's the media's interview with Sanborn from the spring, talking about his individual goals for the 15 practices and certainly what he sees from his group moving forward into the rest of the offseason. Jack, which young linebackers have stood out to you so far? And what specifically have you noticed about some of those guys? Uh, I would say they're all doing something good. I mean, just progressing. But I think uh, a couple that have stood out has uh, one been Muma. I mean, just kind of last year dealing with some different things, not being able to get a ton of reps and all that. Now uh, this year you're really being able to see him just kind of get that grasp of the playbook. And not only that, but just also just playing football. And uh, you're kind of being able to see that, just how he flows. I mean, he's got uh, an ability to kind of just slip his way through traffic, which is kind of sometimes insane. And uh, sometimes you're like, wow, that's pretty impressive. And uh, so I think, I mean, just him, he's been really impressive so far. And I mean, Tate's been impressive as well. Uh, just he got a lot of reps last year. I mean, going with the twos and all that. So, I mean, he's just seems like he's just building off of that. Uh, getting a better grasp and then I, I thought uh, Malik was also doing some good things I mean he's just very athletic and uh, that and I mean I think uh, he's still at the development right now of just kind of understanding everything kind of getting the whole grasp of everything but I mean he's sh shown flashes of uh, a playmaker that he can be which uh, I think has been really impressive. Jack you mentioned Tate there kind of comes in as a walk-on has to kind of figure out a new position, but you saw last year getting some special teams reps, and you mentioned the guys with the twos. Where do you think the next step is for him? Is it with the playbook more, or is it just kind of getting more confident when he's on the field? Uh, I think it's a mixture of both of those. And, yeah, I mean, but what helps that is just getting those reps and getting that experience and just continuing to play, especially now, I mean, in, in a – time period like now in spring ball where you're playing against the first O-line or the second O-line, the first team offense, second team offense. So you're seeing good players. You're seeing uh, guys that will challenge you, guys that will beat you. And, uh, and that's what it is. It's all about competition. I mean, it's all about on every play, you're either going to be winning your rep or losing your rep to somebody else. So uh, just things like that. I mean, everything like that, I think, just improves you as a player and gets you better. Yeah, Jack, obviously you've gotten a lot of reps since you've been at UW, but I'm just curious where you think you can be better this season and where you need to be better for this defense. 
Uh, I think there are a lot of areas that I can still get better at, and uh, one of them that I've kind of been trying to focus on a lot is just in my pass coverage. I think for the most part, my pass coverage has been pretty decent since I've been here at UW, but I think just taking my pass coverage to a whole nother level where I can make plays on the ball and create game-changing plays like interceptions. I mean, I see a few plays even last year in a shortened season where if I got a better break, if I had better eyes, if I did something better, if I knew, if I saw a certain receiver do something, then I know it's coming, something might be coming behind me. Stuff like that, I mean, I think that's an area that I need to get better just to, in order to help our defense even more and uh, make those game-changing plays that uh, help everyone. Jack, you know, you're you're entering, you know, you're an upperclassman, but then you have someone like a mid-year enrollee like Jake Cheney. In terms of just how have you seen him progress and, and develop, you know, in the spring over these past few practices and just what – What's, you know, from what you experience as a freshman to what he is now, what's kind of the base of, like, learning the, the position, technique, fundamentals, etc.? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's – I understand where he – especially early on in spring ball, I mean, you put those pads on and everything for the first for the first time and all your old habits from high school start coming and you being, oh, this aggressive player where you're just going to go run down and get the – tackle the ball care and uh not many people are going to block you and things like that and uh and so I think it's a transition uh and I mean I think he's done very well I mean just even with the playbook uh he I think he's got a good understanding at this point right now which I mean six practice seven seven practices in I mean is remarkable so I mean just him continuing to even build off of that and then also, I mean, you see everything, like I just said, like him running down. I mean, certain plays, that's good. Certain plays, maybe you don't want to do that. And him just understanding when to be aggressive, when not to be aggressive. I mean, just over six practices, six, seven practices, you've kind of seen him uh, take that understanding, take that coaching from Coach Bostead, and then uh, really translate it to the field, which is what spring ball is all about, especially for someone like him. Jack, last season we saw you coming uh, through the line as a pass rusher quite a bit. Did that change anything in your preparation? Would you have to study like offensive lines more, or did it change anything you had to do in the week leading up to a game? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think uh, even the first year uh, or my sophomore year, uh, even then I, I would blitz frequently uh, here and there, but not as much as I would say last year. And, you know, I hope it's the same coming this year. And I think that's also uh, – what I was talking about earlier, one area that I can even get better in. And, I mean, yeah, you do have to study more. Uh, and you got to understand, oh, what their pass protection is like, what they like to do, how they like to pass protect in certain situations and that. And then really study the alignment, too. And, uh, and I think that's one area that I can just get better at. I mean, I think last year I was really close on a lot of uh, instances. And I think just one, one or two steps quicker one or uh, a better read right at the start uh, then I'll be able to land a lot of those which is the goal. Jack you and Leo played more snaps than anybody on the defense last season how exhausting was that at times and how important is it in your mind to have the depth to help you out this season? Uh, 
I mean, I wouldn't really say I was exhausted out there a lot. Maybe Wake Forest, the first two drives, we were a little exhausted. We were talking about, but uh, but no, I, I mean, I think that just speaks to Coach Bostead's coaching and everything, and that he wants us to be in the best shape that we can. I mean, he'll have us do extra sprints, uh, our warm ups, and everything like that are no joke and. Even after those, we're gassed. So, I mean, we start practice. We start practice kind of with the legs feeling a little tired, uh, bodies feeling a little tired, and then that kind of just helps us going into the games. And, I mean, yeah, last year we had a good understanding that we were going to be out there for a while, and I thought that we were – both of us were well-conditioned enough, though, to do it. And, yeah, but, I mean, uh, this year, uh, I mean, depth never hurts. You always want to have depth uh, – on a football team and as you never know what can happen throughout a game and I mean just getting fresh bodies out there if a drive is super long if they're going no huddle things like that I mean to get fresh bodies out there could be a huge uh, huge bonus to the defense and the team uh, but yeah I mean I think uh, Coach Bostead knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah Jack a couple years ago when you were paired with Chris Orr he was kind of the older guy and you were stepping into a little bit of a new role. Last year, the roles were flipped. You were the older guy. Chanel came in next to you. What did you see from him last year as the season went on, and where do you think he can be a better player in this season? Uh, obviously, I mean, he's just a physical freak. So uh, a lot of things, the physical play was just kind of came natural to him. And, uh, and then just from last year and then going to this year I mean things we've talked about is him he likes to be he's a great downhill player I mean great physical downhill player and and I think there are instances and we've talked about it instances that he can be more patient kind of sit back let the D-line do their thing let the D-line eat up a couple blocks and just be patient for that hole to open as it will open at some point and then you can attack it and just things like that I think that uh, through spring ball through the reps through the experience something that he's that he's just gonna pick up and then it'll make him an even better player than what he is right now Transitioning to the outside linebacker position now, the Badgers are in the unique spot where they return both starters at the position for the first time in the previous five seasons, and with super senior Noah Burks and up-and-coming sophomore Nick Herbig manning those roles, the Badgers are hoping that foundation will help them generate more pressure from the outside spot. You look at the eight games that Wisconsin played last season, the Badgers ranked 93rd nationally in tackles for loss, just averaging 5.1 per game. Burks has played in 42 games with 20 starts, but has only accumulated eight tackles for loss over that time frame. And Herbig tied for the team lead with six tackles for loss, but three came against that Michigan JV offense. Now, Herbig played the fifth most snaps in the defense and played a season-high 71 snaps against Wake Forest in that bowl game. And more than that, he earned his highest pro football focus grade of the season in that bowl, a sign that he got better as the season wore on. And obviously, Burks had a big interception in that game, too. So pretty much the, the duel ended the season on a high note, and both players know that that can be a norm for them. They can produce more uh, than what they produced against Wake Forest and be that consistent focus uh, throughout the course of the entire season. Something Herbig was adamant about this spring with his desire to be more physical personally. Now Isaiah Green-May has been on the roster for a number of years, and many people keep pegging him to kind of take that next step, but of course he was injured throughout most of spring, and he's been given multiple opportunities to start, 
but it's always been something. The thumb injury in 2019, right arm injury in 2020, that's kind of relegated him to a backup role or injured reserve. That was the case this spring where he was injured, and that allowed uh, healthy players like Herbig and even C.J. Getz to flourish in those opportunities. You know, Getz has bounced around to several spots before his body made him that natural fit at that position last season. He was actually UW's best graded tackler all of last season per pro football focus. Another player like Aaron Witt, he got his feet wet playing in three games, and he delivered a strip sack in the bowl game, kind of taking some nice steps forward as the season wore on, much like Nick Herbig did. You know, Spencer Lytle is the uh, kind of the other intriguing option at that outside linebacker spot. He's a former four-star recruit. He's been on campus since January of 2019. He flashed immediately before a constant run of injuries really put him behind the eight ball. But, you know, he played 13 snaps during the regular season, but he was on the field for 16 in the bowl game, and he saw his reps increase throughout practice over this course of this last spring and could be that maybe that X factor that Wisconsin's looking for at that position. And the Badgers also got a closer look at, uh, for the first time, at freshman T.J. Bowlers, who signed with the Badgers uh, this past December over Alabama, Florida, Notre Dame, Penn State, Texas A&M, several others. And he was ranked the number 106 player in the, in the class by Rivals.com. He was a first-team All-State selection last season, and he registered 35.5 tackles and 6.5 tackles for loss as a senior. So he maybe could find his way into some uh, some role or some uh, job this upcoming fall. But you look at, you know, Getz, Witt, Lyle, and even Caden Johnson. Do the Badgers have enough to make Bobby April use a five-player rotation in the fall behind Burks and Nick Herbig? Let, let me tell you. Here's our conversation with Coach April from this spring. Bobby, what types of things do you expect Nick Herbig to provide in his second year in the group? And, and how can Noah Burks take another step and, and lead the group as well. Yeah, I'll start with Nick. Uh, Nick brings a, a energy about him and a, and a love for the game that you don't see from many guys. So uh, I think just the enthusiasm and effort and his ability to understand what's expected will increase his role even more than what it has. I'm not saying like as a starter, your role ends, right? Like I think your role in the locker room changes the longer you're a starter or the more years that you put in. So I think that's his next step is really becoming the best player you can be on the field, but also being a, a key contributor off the field. Uh, for Noah, it's very similar. You know, uh, a super senior, he still has stuff to work on. He's not ready-made, right? So uh, daily drills and technique stuff, he still needs a lot of that stuff. Uh, he needs to you know, really focus in on his improvement, how he can become better, and putting that effort towards uh, helping others in the room as well, right? Don't just be a outside linebacker, right? Be an impact outside linebacker within our group. And uh, I think he's making those steps, right? I, I, it's, I, it's noticeable uh, that, that his energy isn't based upon the individual growth, that it's upon the team growth. Just regarding knowing he's taken still get better, Aside from being a, more of a leader, just in terms of his game itself, where can he improve, do you think? Did you say Nick or did, did you say Noah? No, sorry. On, on Noah? Noah. Uh, no, Noah, I, I would say a big part of what we focus on right now is going to be Noah's pass rush, his ability to impact the passer. Uh, it's been an area of focus for him, uh, and we both know that, and you guys know as well, that that's an area that didn't show up as much for us last season. 
and it needs to be a factor this coming season. That's been our focus. Yeah, Bobby, I'm guessing you would like as many guys as possible that you can turn to in a given week, especially if injuries hit Noah and Nick. We haven't seen practice yet, so who are some of the guys who are putting themselves in position to help you and build the depth and also maybe step forward and make more plays? Yeah, uh, there's three guys out there right now that I was hoping would show up to practice and show up in a way that uh, they would be loud on tape, right? And those three guys are C.J. Getz, Spencer Lytle, and Aaron Witt. Uh, all three of those guys, as you come to practice, will be noticed out there. Uh, they're, they're bringing energy, high effort, and a physicality that, uh, that we didn't have from them last season. Uh, they're definitely pushing the group and forming some great depth there. Hey, Bobby, you mentioned Aaron Witt, but there's also another, you know, second-year player in Caden Johnson, uh, you know, that, you know, came with last year's class, you know, along with Nick Kirby, but with Aaron and Caden, just what growth are you seeing out of them? I, we saw Aaron make that, you know, an appearance of the sack, you know, in the bowl game and whatnot, but what, what strides are you seeing from them so far with, with spring ball too? Yeah, so Caden's been down. He's had a hamstring, and we, have, we haven't been able to work with him. Uh, we're hoping to get him back in a week. So I can't give you much there as far as advancement with him, but as far as Aaron goes, I definitely can. Uh, Aaron's built different, right? And I'm not talking about physicality, length, and all that. We can see all that. But his mindset towards the game is a different factor. Like the guy is a guy you want in a street fight with you, right? He has no fear to put his face into the – into the boiler and, and come out, right? Like, uh, he's just, he, he ticks different and, and, and he helps our room because if you, if you, if you're wanting to look for a physical play, he's going to go try to find it. And it's hard to coach that, right? It's hard to coach a guy to, to put his body or whatever it may be on the line for you. And he'll do it without even a blink. So, uh, it's, that's a fun part about Aaron. And he's a yes coach kind of guy, right? Uh, he likes to say yes, sir, but he knows that frustrates me. But he's a yes coach kind of guy. So if we're looking at any type of detail that he needs to improve on, he's a yes coach. You know, it's not what what if. It's yes coach, got it. And got to appreciate that from a guy that has that talent too. Sticking with Aaron for a second, you, you mentioned his height and the physicality. What does that give him the ability to do or what does that make him need to work on because he's one of the taller guys that you see at this position? Yeah. So, so the advantage is, I would say, just the length, right? The ability to, to separate off blocks, to, to be able to, uh, you know, even do different types of pass rush moves because of the ability to separate. That's the number one thing that will show up in length. The, the problem with length at our position is that when you have long limbs as far as legs, right, like your first step is long. Everything is a little bit longer, so it's a little bit slower. So for us, it's to keep his pad level down. Like that's a huge factor that we talk about because of the height uh, and the ability to keep his feet with under himself, with underneath himself opposed to being wide. Like little things like that uh, that you can get away with if you've got your hand in the dirt all the time. But with us having a hand in the dirt sometimes, sometimes not, two point, three point, whatever it may be, he's got to learn a way to just stay with great pad level. Hey, Bobby, uh, you guys got a couple of new uh, eyes and voices there in your defensive room, coach's room with Hank and and Ross, what has that been like to this point? It's been great. Uh, it's a different type of energy. Uh, it, it brings out uh, more of a coach of you, right? Like questions are different, right? Uh, the view of the game is different. 
So it makes you think more about the game itself. Uh, I, I like bouncing ideas off those guys. Uh, it's been it's been a pleasure, really. I, I've really enjoyed working with them, and uh, the energy they bring to their group, the energy they bring to recruiting, uh, and the energy energy they bring to our staff has been awesome. You mentioned three guys you had hoped to stand out have done so. What about Isaiah Green May and, and T.J. Bowlers? And I apologize if you addressed either one of those guys. My video cut out for a minute. Oh, that's okay. I, I didn't, but I will now. Uh, Green May's been out. Uh, he, he hasn't practiced yet, and he, he still will be out by the time you guys get here. Uh, I don't know disclosure on that stuff right now, but he won't be practicing. Uh, he's on the team. Uh, yeah, he'll be out on the field, but he, he's not be on pads. Uh, T.J. Bowler's done a really good job. You're talking about a mid-year kid who uh, played offensive tackle uh, his senior year in high school. And, you know, and really looking at a guy who's really – you know, it's kind of crazy to think this, but he'd be getting ready for prom. And, and we say that every year about these mid-year guys. Like, it's, it's amazing what they can do. But he's one of the guys that, you know, maturity level's there, want is there, energy's there to get better. Uh, he just has, you know, he's got to take a couple bumps here and understand the footwork, the hand placement, the bigger picture of the game. Uh, but there, there's a talent, right, where when he doesn't have to think, right, you're, whoa, that guy's he's got it. We just got to get him to not think and be able to do what we do, which, you know, that's that's my job. Right. So I, I got to get him going. Have you noticed any type of I don't know, frustration is the right word or just kind of when the guys have gone back and looked at the season, the fact that the pass rush production wasn't there in terms of sacks and other things like that. Do they kind of have they kind of taken them down to themselves or how have you seen that uh, come up in the offseason? Yeah, I would say that uh, obviously you want to do you want to show production, right? And a lot of times production is shown in stats outside of our room, right? And uh, sometimes that becomes a selfish deal too. So we don't harp much on like, hey, you didn't get this done. We more of harp on how did you impact what we do? You know, th there's a lot of times this past season that there was a lot of quick release vertical concepts that we didn't see when we were playing it the year before, right? Be it what it is, or the teams that we faced at the time that we were facing them, we saw a little bit more drop back in protection schemes. So uh, that all plays into it as well. You know, the ball comes out at a certain time. Uh, you can only do so much to, to get to the passer, right? To get the stat of a sack, but to impact the passer by putting a tackle in his feet or, or putting a, you know, a running back on, on his rear end, whatever that may be, in the situation that also is an impact uh, that doesn't get seen outside of maybe the room so there's definitely an area that we want to improve as far as those production numbers but i also feel that we did impact the passer when we needed to in certain situations i mean certain guys come in with high expectations in part because of their recruiting profile and i know you guys don't pay attention to that but lytle came in with some some hype around him yeah but i believe injuries have affected him. Has that been one of the main factors that have kind of slowed his progress a little bit? And is he healthy now? I think you hit it right on the head. The, the So we just talked about TJ, right, coming in as a mid-year guy, having to learn the learning curve of being a, you know, being an outside linebacker in our system, which is, it's not easy, right? It is what it is. But he came in as a mid-year and actually showed up as a good player. That's early, right? You're like, whoa, this guy's got something. His first camp, when we come back, right, you're excited about kind of what we get, what can we get out of him 
going into the summer and fall there, uh, he gets hurt, right? Uh, so he misses all fall camp. As soon as he comes back off fall camp, gets banged up again. So really this is the first time that he knows the defense, the first time he's been healthy for an entire really off season to build into what he's become. He's put on great weight. He's put on great numbers in the weight room, right? His, his, uh, his speed has increased. Like all of his maxes are, are up, right? Uh, which is a sign that the guy's working, right? If your max is plateau or drop, you'd say, hey, this guy's, he's not, he's, he hasn't found his realm. Everything's going up, and uh, the speed of the game to him is not too big, right? Uh, the physicality of the game is not too big right now. Uh, so I, I've enjoyed working with him. Like, he's a really smart football player that, that has foot quickness and, and tangibles that we work with, and uh, he'll definitely be a guy that'll, that's going to pop out there for you guys. Like, he's He's moving quick. Like, I can't compare him to anybody right now because I don't want to put him in that stage or that in that kind of a folder. But he, he's a Spencer Lytle, and it's impressive right now. That was our closer look at the Wisconsin linebackers. Next week, we'll finish up our spring breakdown position. We'll look at the secondary, cornerbacks and safeties, and the special teams to wrap up our series to get you ready for fall camp. Just coming, you know, a couple months away Probably about three months or so, Wisconsin will be back on the practice field. For all the latest on Wisconsin football, basketball, and recruiting, log on to BadgerBlitz.com. Follow me on Twitter at TheBadgerNation, and of course, follow BadgerBlitz at Badger underscore Blitz. Happy Mother's Day weekend to all the mothers out there, and all the wives, of course. And thanks for downloading and listening to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast.